Whatever you're funny, Peacock's got it exclusively. Stream classic sitcoms like The Office, Parks and Recreation, and Two and a Half Men. Plus, catch Peacock original comedies like AP Bio and Say by the Bell. For all your exclusive comedy faves, go to PeacockTV.com and get started. Whatever you're funny, Peacock's got it exclusively. Stream classic sitcoms like The Office, Parks and Recreation, and Two and a Half Men. Plus, catch Peacock original comedies like AP Bio and Say by the Bell. For all your exclusive comedy faves, go to PeacockTV.com and get started. It's still real to me, damn it, damn it. Everybody, welcome to this week's edition of the Still Real Test Show, episode number 624 for January 27, 2022. This is your WWE Royal Rumble Preview and Predictions Edition of SRTU. The road to WrestleMania 38 begins today. I'm one after the show. I am Jeff Peck, joined every single week by my co-host, the one only Dr. Trey Franklin. Dr. Trey. The road to WrestleMania 38 begins now, my friend. Every time we get around this time and I, and I feel a rumble, for a second I go, am I hungry? Because I am, I am recovering, you know, fat guy. But no, no, no. It's the Royal Rumble, which on the independent scenes means every independent show within, you know, an hour of your home is having some kind of rumble. Uh, we had ours a few weeks ago. I think there's three more scheduled for in the state of Alabama over the next few weeks. So it is rumble season. It's upon us, and at least it's not the WCW Ready to Rumble movie. True, true. Have you been in a Rocket City Rumble, and if so, how many? Uh, I have been in one. Okay. Um, and then I am the only person in Rocket City history to eliminate themselves. Okay, uh, okay. Like a Jerry Lawler-type moment? Yeah. Came in with a megaphone, hit like four guys. They all turned around, looked at me, and I said, no, no, no. I'm, I'm too important for this. I'm just dove over the top rope onto the floor. Um, now, now, how was that? How was that being act, part of an actual rumble at a wrestling show? No, it was pretty cool. Because um, that was, I think, our second year. And we were, we're really big on, like, surprise entrance. Uh, like, our cameraman has been in uh, four. No, he's actually been in all five of our rumbles now. Like, just comes in. This year, we had one of our commentators jumped in the rumble. Uh, my beautiful wife has been in four of the five rumbles, so I, like I kind of feel like I've they've all left me behind in the dust. But uh, it was it's it's interesting. And then I've been backstage setting it up, choreographing you know the entrance. Hey, go out there! I need you to you know eliminate this guy, eliminate this guy. Let so and so know he's got to eliminate this guy. That part 
Like we, the last one I I basically ran was two years ago, and we had thirty six competitors in that rumble. And trying to organize it as it goes through as one person is a nightmare. So yeah, that's what I was gonna time, ask. Like, how's the planning of that? So the like, I, I think we do ours a little different than the other shows. Like, we actually list out like, here's the thirty six entrance, um, the order they're coming out in. And then we also have out to the side who they're eliminated by. So we call it like I always call it like find your rumble buddy. So when you're when the guy who eliminates you comes out, you know, when it's your time to go, just go find that guy like, all right, man, it's time for me to go. And they'll get you out. Um, the problem we have, like the problem we had the first couple of years is we didn't tell guys like, hey, this is who we want in the final eight. This is who we want in the final four. So every now and then it got a little twisted up, but we'll. We break it down now way more in detail uh, when it comes down to the, the finish of the match and who's going over. But, you know, we're an indie show, so the last two years our owner has gone over twice. So it's, it makes it a little bit easier because he's actually in the ring kind of helping coordinate stuff, you know, for the for the finish of our Rumble. So he's won the Rumble twice? Yeah. <laughs> now, is he an active wrestler? Yeah, he, he wrestles uh, every show. Oh, I didn't know that. He's on, yeah, he's on every single show, so uh, it's one of those things. It's, it's the old Lawler rule, like when Lawler's in Memphis. Like I know I'm. When you're the owner, you know you're going to show up every single week. So especially when you're a small, when you're a smaller independent show, you start building the guy up. He gets you know pushed to the moon, and then a bigger show comes along and snatches that guy away. So then you got to start all over from scratch. So. Uh, he knows he's going to be there every single show. And a lot of times he'll, like the last two years, I think he's won and then lost his opportunity to cash in on our world title to somebody else as we got closer to that, uh, as we got closer to um, Wrestling Con. So hmm. it is interesting. Like, I, I, to me, I, you know, I'm not a huge fan of Booker's going over, but there is a concept of if I know I'm going to be here every show, uh, I know I can build all the other stories off my story and still have a compelling show. Interesting. I think it would always be pretty cool to be like in a rumble match. I know like growing up with my friends, right? You would have like, you know, we didn't have 30 friends in the rumble, but you'd have like eight, nine, ten, And it was always like the countdown and, and all that stuff. And, uh, throwing them over the imaginary top rope to the outside to be eliminated. And you'd always have that one friend who, like, put their hand still on the uh, ring that you made out of, like, uh, couches or cushions off the couch or whatever. And it was like, no, that's both feet are touching the ground, but my hand's still in the ring. I was like, have you ever watched a rumble where, like, that happens? Like, it's, no, my hand is still in the ring? No, that's not the case. So. It is Rumble season. This Saturday is going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited about it. Um, we'll preview and predict the Rumble pay-per-view here in, in just a little bit. But first, Dr. Trey, um, I think we have an early, at least from my perspective, an early match of the year candidate from this past Wednesday's edition of AEW Dynamite. Sammy Guevara defeating Cody Rhodes to win the TNT Unified Championship. To me, is the best AEW Dynamite match I've ever seen. It is one of the best TV matches I've seen in some time. Um, dare I say it's one of the best of all time. It, it, I still have to think about that for a little bit, but 
uh, matches like One Two Three Kid versus Bret Hart, one of my favorite TV matches of all time. CM Punk versus John Cena. I think it was for like the right to face. I think the Miz at WrestleMania 27 was one of my favorite. It was like February 2011, 12, something like that, maybe 10. Uh, it was one of my favorite TV matches. The the Fatal Four Way where Kevin Owens won the. Uh, Universal Championship the, uh, a week after Finn Balor had to uh, to drop it was one of my favorite, but this is this was a pretty amazing match, Doctor Trey. I, I watched it front to back, uh, rewind it a couple times on the DVR to watch the spots again. There are spots in this match that will live on in the history of AEW forever. I think it was a breakout performance for Sammy Guevara. Uh, it was such an incredible ladder match. And I've seen, like you, I've seen a lot of ladder matches. And there were spots of that match I have never seen before. And that's hard to do nowadays. It's hard for longtime wrestling fans like you and I to see something we've never seen before in a ladder match, cage match, whatever match. But there was some stuff in that match I've never seen before. Bravo to Sammy Guevara. Bravo to Cody Rhodes. I loved this match, Dr. Trey. Your thoughts, Guevara versus Rhodes. Is it a early match of the year candidate? And is it the greatest AW Dynamite match we've ever seen? Uh, I'll start with the second. I mean, it, it probably is. Because I can't think of many more off the top of my head that... Right. I mean, you still got, you know, Hangman, or, uh, Hangman and Daniel Bryan's 60-minute draw. That was pretty. That was pretty amazing. Uh, Kenny and and Brian Danielson sixty minute draw or thirty minute draw was pretty awesome. Um, Thunder Rosa, Britt Baker, lights out match. Lights out match was really amazing too. Uh, I loved was, Santana and Ortiz versus Best Friends in the parking lot brawl. Yeah, because uh, I mean Trent's mom, you know, she always she always puts it over. Uh, I mean the thing about this one, I mean we like you said we've seen hundreds of ladder matches in our time and the creativity in this match to me I could you probably pushed it up even more like seeing some of the stuff like that cutter you know that spring or that the springboard to, from the top rope to the ladder to, to hit the cutter I mean that just blew my mind um you know my only knock is it, it just being an old school wrestling fan is all right sometimes they got up a little quicker than they probably should have got up you know WWE does a little better job of selling the moments than AEW does when it comes to in-ring action, letting the fans digest everything. Uh, but the, like what they pulled off in this match, the creativity of this match, and just once again, like Cody putting somebody over, uh, you know, in that in that spotlight to make them an even bigger star, you know, it is it, it's pretty amazing, you know. For and also a guy working on a handshake deal right now is pretty awesome. So. Yeah, it's 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 up there. I mean, it's like we said, the ones that we mentioned there, those are some of our favorites. And this one ranks right up there towards the top of all those matches. Yeah, it was phenomenal. The cutter spot. To me, I, I, everybody is saying that that leapfrog cutter spot is Sammy Guevara's Jeff Hardy moment, and I don't disagree with that, Doctor Trey. I think that is footage we see play on for a very long time, like year end. When they recap Dynamite for 2022, this early on, that is a spot that airs. When they look at a, a five-year anniversary and they talk about like greatest matches ever in the history of Dynamite, this match and those moments, that spot 
is going to play in that. I, I do agree with you. Hangman versus Brian Danielson is definitely up there. But it, it takes a lot to blow my mind nowadays as a wrestling fan who has seen it all for 35 years as a wrestling fan, uh, especially in a match that we see time and time again, like a ladder match. And that did it to me. It had those TLC-like vibes, Dr. Trey, where you were watching the Hardys, Edge and Christian, and um, uh, the Dudley boys perform, and they were just doing spots that you never thought you'd see before. I, I just really love the match. I love the storytelling, and I was very happy to see Sammy get over. I, I just thought it was a very flawless television match, which is in, in, a, in a stipulation we see a lot, and that is something that's very, very challenging to do. Yeah, I mean, and to me, like that spot is Edge bearing Jeff Hardy. Like it's it's up there as far as like I can't believe I just saw that. Um, but to, the thing for me watching this match is like at at the end of the match I was like, is this going to endear Cody to the fans? Like all these fans who have been so anti Cody over the past couple months and wanting Cody to turn heel. Like, is this going to be like, all right, Cody now has our respect again? Um, and then the only my only knock on this thing is afterwards I'm reading some some of the comments and you know Cody hyping up the TNT title as it's not a secondary title it's a main title it's just it's reminiscent of when guys would win the IC title and call it like the workhorse title. Um, I guess that's what they're looking for from the TNT titles be that their little workhorse championship. But I love how Cody's selling how important that title is. I mean, and you look at who's held that bell so far. I mean, these are all the guys that have held that title have been our staples of AEW. So it makes a lot of sense that it's kind of the workhorse title for the brand. Yeah, it was a great, great match uh, early, early this year. It's, it's definitely, I, I would have it one ahead of, um, uh, I mean, I think in the history of Dynamite, I would have it won over the Danielson-Hangman match um, that we saw at the beginning of this year. Or, excuse me, the one at the... the Was it the first time, the draw? See, I think I liked the draw match between Hangman and Danielson than I liked when there was actual finish, Dr. Trey. Yeah, um... Well, here's the question. Are we starting from January 1st? Because I when, when did that hangman I, I'm thinking of the history of, of AEW Dynamite right now. Oh, I think, okay. I think if I'm looking at the history of Dynamite, I would have this match one. I think I would have two Hangman-Danielson draw. Three. I'd have Britt Baker, Thunder Rosa, lights out. Four, I would have Danielson-Hangman from earlier this month. Five, I would have best friends and um, Santana Ortiz parking lot brawl. I think that would be my five matches right now. So I'd probably flip one and two. I'd probably have Hangman, Danielson, draw first. Um, and a lot of it's because of the Brian Danielson coming to AEW uh, nostalgia, I guess, over it. That'd be one. I'd probably have Cody Sammy here at two, Britt Thunder Rosa at three. I got to put Kenny and, and, and Danielson in there as well because that kind of set the bar. Um, and then five uh, would probably be the parking lot brawl because, uh, you know, Trent's bomb. True, true. The finger. That was a great way to end Dynamite. Maybe the greatest yeah. ending in Dynamite history. Yeah. Uh, so you have Hangman 
Danielson from earlier this month as a better match right now than Sammy and Cody Rhodes. So if we were like, what is the match of the year at the end of January? Just one month in, you would say <laughs> Hangman Danielson ahead of Sammy and Cody. That's your opinion. Well, when, when, uh, no, once again, we're saying this. We're saying this because I, I, I thought that Hangman Danielson match was before the New Year turned over. I thought that was the first match on the TBS. So that was January fifth. Yeah, fifth. When, when did they have the one where Page or Hangman won? That was the fifth. Okay, so you're talking about the draw. Yeah, the actual draw. Okay, yeah, true, true, true. I'd have the draw one. Never mind. Disregard that. what I said. <laughs> Completely disregard <laughs> what I said. There's been so many good Brian Danielson matches at AEW. I'm only losing and, track. Okay? And it's been five months. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I, for me right now, uh, January 27th, 2022, match of the year right now, Sam Guevara, Cody Rhodes ladder match. Do you disagree? Uh, it's, it's like one A and one B with me. I mean, that for this year though. Yeah. Right now, uh, from January one till now, that's, that's definitely the match of the year so far. Uh, keeping with AEW, feel free to chime in at SRTU podcast on Twitter with your thoughts about the Guevara roads match. Uh, according to reports, AEW contracts are expiring soon. Some names that are on that list include Peter Avalon, Marco stunt, Joey Janela, Brian cage, Leo rush. Uh, those are some of the rumored names with contracts quietly expiring. According to PW Insider, this trend will be continuing in the coming weeks as several contracts coming up that will not be renewed. The company doesn't intend to announce the departures, but will instead let the deals quietly lapse. It will be possible for the talent to work with the company in the future for one-off deals or something to that degree, but that remains to be seen. Uh, So multiple parts here. Let's just look at it from a business standpoint. WWE is known to future Endeavor people, which rubs a lot of fans the wrong way. AEW is deciding right now just to let contracts run out and not release anyone. I think the only time I can remember them releasing anybody was like Jimmy Havoc and um, I think B Priestley. And then B Priestley went over to NXT UK as Blair Davenport. But now they're just letting them run out. And these names really have not been featured all that much. Uh, Leo Rush reportedly is, is wrapping up with AEW. He hasn't appeared ever since uh, he publicly went toe-to-toe there with Tony Khan over the remarks from Big Swole. Brian Cage hasn't been used in months. Joey Janela, I feel like his run has been extremely disappointing because he was such a uh, highly touted indie wrestler at the uh, at the start of AEW. Peter Avalon, uh, he's done good with the, the wingman. Marco Stunt was paired up with Jurassic Express. He's been completely gone since uh, Christian came. Dr. Trey, your thoughts here on the way AEW is handling these contracts by just expiring, letting them run out, and some of the rumored names whose contracts are expiring right now, but could also be returning back to AEW. Yeah, I mean, uh, like I'm friends with Marco. I, I haven't talked to him lately, but I know he's looking for he's looking for indie dates already. Uh, Leo Rush is already booked for uh, Jonathan Gresham's Terminus is their next show. Um, so I mean I like it in the sense of AEW's just kind of letting these guys go and start planning out their future route, and then you know if they want to bring him back, there's no hard feelings at that point. Like hey, you know, right now this is kind of what we had talked about a year ago with when AEW started signing people up. Is hey, at some point you're going to let some people go just because they're not being used. Um, Never been a huge Joey Janela fan, so him, you know, th- them letting his deal expire, not surprised. Same with Marco. Uh, the, I mean, the Brian Cage thing. I don't know how you feel about this. 
he may be the uh, try to figure out a way to word this. Uh, is he a wrestling bust? Like, a, like wow. this, you you look at like the physicalness, his power, his athleticism. Yet, you know, he he had a decent run in Impact, but you know, he's never really been able to capitalize on all his physical ability. So uh, you think like a young company like this when they brought him in, they push him to the moon and really hit what one shot at the world title against Moxley and then the run with the FTW title. But that's basically been it. Like you, you think a young summer company with a guy like this, they could, you know, really promote him, really do something. And, you know, here it is, you know, roughly a year later and they're just like, yeah, he can go. Not a big deal. They're, they're not even concerned about it. It's kind of crazy. Well, there's, there's rumors about his uh, wife. Was it Melissa Santos? She used to work for yeah. impact. Being very critical of the way that he was being used in in AEW, and and he hasn't really been used since. Yeah, I mean, and and that's one of those things where, like, hey, sometimes I mean, she had issues with Impact when they were in Impact together. Um, but it, you could have a, a mouth. Oh, I mean, me, you could have a, a wife who pops off at the mouth about how stuff's being done, and if the guys got enough credibility or they believe in him enough they'll overlook that you know it's the same thing in sports you know uh matthew stafford's wife has a podcast that she takes shots at everybody but because he's matthew stafford the rams are like yeah it's fine he's our he's our quarterback we're good you know marie i mean uh i mean when uh matt hardy was hot in impact remy hardy would pop off a lot Mm -hmm. and didn't they didn't impact didn't slow the whole you know obsolete you know, Matt Rod back then. So it, it's one of those things where, like, yeah, you, you know, your your significant other can cause problems for you at times. But if if your talents there, if your talents there, and the belief in you is there, they're going to overlook it. But if they're down on you, and then your wife is popping off, yeah, then what's the, what's the point? Why do we need this kind of drama? So. Who, if you're Tony Khan, do you let all those names, do you let all their contracts expire and not bring them back to the company? Yeah, I let them all go. I mean, they're like I said, they're, they're solid workers, but at this point, I don't think any one of them you could turn around and build into a main eventer. I mean, well, that's Chase, true, right? I mean, Chase, yeah, like well, what's they're not a, none of those guys are are bringing fans to the arena. You know, nobody's like, oh my god. AEW's coming to town and Brian Cage is on the show. I have to go. You know, none of those guys are, none of them are that, are that person. They're good guys to hang around. Like Peter Avalon's one of the nicest guys in wrestling. Marco Stunts, you know, one of the nicest kids in wrestling. Uh, if you've listened to this podcast, you know my disdain for Leo Rush. So losing Leo Rush is not a big deal. So, um, but, but none of those guys, like, no, no, I, I, I what was last, like, I saw, I think I saw a Marco Stunt shirt like three years ago. You know, and really haven't seen anything since. Like, no, nobody out there is clamoring for those guys to be back on TV. So, what's the point in keeping them around at this point? Do you think it's a weird way they kind of wrote them off television, especially like Marco and Brian Cage? Like, I, I thought Brian Cage was involved in a feud with Team Taz, and he just disappears. Marco is paired up with Jurassic Express; he just disappears. Like, it just seems strange the way that they do decide to write some of these guys off television. Yeah, I mean, well, like, like with Peter Avalon, like if you watch uh, Dark, like I like the Wingman. But, you know, at this point, there's Avalon made four is kind of and most of the groups around here are either three or, you know, they're either three man groups or they're really big groups. Um, 
but you know, like, and he's changed characters. He went from the librarian to now pretty Peter Avalon. Like, it, it just feels like he's lost. Same with Joey Janela. As much as everybody you know liked Joey Janela to me, he just looked like every Jersey indie wrestler I ever saw with '80s glasses. So you know, it's just, at this point, it's like, you know, Marco's last appearance was tagging with Fuego del Sol. It wasn't even with Jurassic Express. So it's like, it's just, it is kind of odd, but it's almost like. It's like the slow burn send off. Like, yeah, you're here in the mid car, but yeah, now you're on dark. Now you're on dark elevation. Now you're not on anything. Your contract's expiring. It's, it's almost, it's a more polite way than WWE does it. You know, think about like Moxley getting in a feud with like Nia Jax and all the weird stuff they had him doing before his contract expired. It's like, I kind of like the mm. AEW's way. It's like the polite send off into the sunset. Instead of WWE's way of just you know burying a guy so they lose value when they go on the free agent market. It's just interesting because I do I, I get what you're saying. I don't think they actually WWE is like losing value. I think people just kind of get used to WWE doing that and writing people off of television or whatever. But I just don't like the poor execution on, on the Brian Cage stuff. Like you're in the midst of a feud and all of a sudden it just stops because that affects other people too. That affects yeah. Ricky Starks. It affects Taz. It affects. Everybody that's on that team, Taz, Will Hobbs, uh, Hook really wasn't all that involved. But all of a sudden, it just stops for no reason at all. Or the Marco stunt thing, I just think it's a little bit, you know, it's insulting the intelligence of the fans because Marco's been with Jurassic Express the entire time. Then they bring Christian Cage in there, and there's no reason why Marco's no longer with, with Jurassic Express. It's just he's kind of gone, and they're just letting his contract expire. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, uh, ultimately, I don't think it hurts anybody's value because as long as you said like formerly of WWE or AEW is great. I just think on the way out, I'd like to see some sort of closure and business done correctly for the fans' sake, I guess. Yeah, you'd want like a nice little wrap-up and setup. But then again, like we, the, the, some of these people were talking about, and Brian Cage is the exception to the other four or five guys because, you know, Marco, like, okay, so Peter Avalon, him, you know, going off like, you'd have to wrap that up on dark. Like I mean, nobody on dynamite really pays attention to Peter Avalon. Nobody on dynamite really pays attention to Janela. Marco. They should have had Marco be hard. Cause it's like, you can't fire Marco from Jurassic express. Cause then it makes them look like they're picking on the little guy. So you'd have to do an injury angle. And then it's like, well, he got hurt and never returned. Like Marco, that was a little bit trickier, but you know, some of these guys, their, their write-off was the fact that they just slowly dissipated from, you know, programming. And it's like out of sight, out of mind. And then when they find out, you know, when the fans find out the release, they're like, oh, crap, I, I didn't realize he'd been gone that long. We hadn't seen him on TV in forever. You know, but the Brian case of you're right, like, you know, because what it is is when that feud, when that feud kind of just stopped, it's taken Ricky Starks a while to get going. You know, like they didn't really have anything else for, they didn't really have anything for him to go into right after it. And his momentum kind of stalled, and it's kind of taken Hook to kind of help jumpstart Ricky Starks back up. So it, that one's a little bit trickier, but you know there might have been outside factors in that one as well. All right, let's switch gears a little bit to uh, World Wrestling Entertainment. According to reports, uh, WWE officials are reportedly disappointed internally with NXT 2.0. Uh, according to WrestleVotes on Twitter, WWE said to be disappointed with NXT in its first four months. Quote, internally, WWE said to be disappointed with NXT 2.0 in its first four months. WrestleVotes tweeted, source said that they thought more fans would have gravitated towards the newer stars quicker than they w- would have. Could it just be too much, too fast? Either way, I don't expect any changes to the concept, dot, 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 just yet. 
NXT uh, two Tuesdays ago averaged 587,000 viewers with a 0.11 rating in the 18 to 49 demographic. The number was down 11% in total viewers and down 26.7% from the same week last year when the show aired on Wednesdays head-to-head with AW Dynamite. Dr. Trey, um, thoughts here? WWE officials reportedly disappointed internally with NXT 2.0. Shocked? Not shocked? <laughs> I was going to I literally, when you're, when you're going to the story, I, I sarcastically yelled out, shocker. <laughs> disappointed. I mean, to me, this is, okay, so Jeff's a Packers fan. You're getting ready to deal with this potentially. So. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Why are we bringing this up? I said NXT 2.0. I'm making a comparison. <laughs> okay. So, you know, you guys have Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams on your team. Next year, Devontae's a free agent. Aaron may leave. So if you turned over the entire Packer roster from this team that just went 13-4, and four, you know, whatever, 14-3, and three, and you go to a bunch of all your younger players and they go 6-11, and 11, and you're like, I'm kind of disappointed. You know, and GM's like, I'm kind of disappointed in this result. Well, you let all of your top guys either leave or move them somewhere else, and then you're wondering why the team is struggling. Mm-hmm. That's literally what NXT 2.0 did. Everybody that the fans had watched grow on that brand left. And then they're like, well, I don't know why the fans haven't grabbed towards those new guys. They're new. We don't have enough emotional investment in them. And then when you throw 20 new people at us, give us time to actually give a crap. So it is, is to me, it's just one of those things where you just look at it and go, yeah, just literally turned over your entire roster and just expect the fans to go, hey, that's great. I didn't like those other guys anyway that I've been watching for the last three or four years. It makes it, it doesn't make sense. So it, it's 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 what it is. I mean, it, it, to me, it just sounds like when a, when a corporation just wants to make excuses for a bad decision. Yeah, I mean, when you make the the drastic changes they did, right? To me, there's very few times that we've seen this type of drastic change happen. I immediately think of the WCW reboot in 2000 with Bischoff and Russo, uh, Impact Wrestling when when they were making the change from the TNA name to Impact Wrestling when they brought in Hogan and Bischoff. There's a theme here. Maybe Bischoff's behind NXT 2.0 as well. <laughs> they are never successful. It leaves – when you reboot a product, it leaves a bad taste in fans' mouths. And that's what I'm worried about with like ROH in a couple months – as well, it's it's just never going to be the same. NXT, in its black and gold era, was so popular with the hardcore fan base. The viewership did not translate at all, um, and that's fine. I, I think, like we've talked about this at length now. When you look at an AEW, when you look at an NXT, it's like the niche product of professional wrestling. It's more catering towards guys like Doctor Trey and I. And not those um, fans that will occasionally try to, you know, check out All Elite Wrestling or NXT, whatever. And that's that's fine. It's the way it is, even though I think AEW has a better chance of cracking that nut of the, the casual wrestling fan like WWE, you know, predominantly has. With that said, NXT Black and Gold never needed to change. The names and the faces that you have on the brand now would have succeeded in the Black and Gold era of NXT if they were given a chance. I can understand if you thought that the stage looked dark when they were in the PC. I totally get it. Um, I don't think you need to change the logo and throw up all this like weird paint and this hip-hop music and, and all that stuff. But from a product standpoint in general, they've gone to like from one extreme where it was a focus on wrestling 
and building characters to building characters and doing gimmicks from like 1993. You've got a teacher in Andre Chase. You've got a mafia guy in Tony D'Angelo. Like, why? Why are we doing this at this day and age? Why are we doing this right now? Grizzled young veterans for a period of time were like, uh, like stealing stuff. We know how good they were in NXT UK. It's like, why are we doing this? Kushida is a world-renowned talent, and he's in a tag team called Jacket Time. Um, to me, see, I, so you're not watching anymore. I could tell, right? Like. No, That's what, I actually so I tuned in you know, just because I had said I hadn't watched. I literally tuned in Tuesday night to watch, but like when I hear somebody actually saying out loud what is going on, it's crazy, right? Like I'm having flashbacks to the Jim Cornette booking era of WWE when everybody had a job. Yeah, it's you know? it's like '90s wrestling, but it also it's, has points where it's fine, like Braun Breaker's character and gimmick. Is fine by me. Like, I'm digging yeah. it. I'm digging Braun Breaker. Carmelo Hayes is like him turned up to 11. Him and Trick uh, Williams, they're going to be stars. Like, I, the, I the, like what they're doing. The problem with Carmelo and Trick is it was so quick after Hit Row that casual fans online are literally calling him, like, knockoff Hit Row. And so you're, all, you're kind of uh. hurting them by, like I said, casual, not diehard fans and fans who watch it, and I'm not one of them. I love Carmelo Hayes. I think, I, like, I, believe, I think he's like, phenomenal. I think he's going to be a huge star. Uh, but the fact that you paired them together and, and right after you released Hit Row is kind of like that knee-jerk. It, it's the old WWE stereotype booking. You're like, well, we got two guys who are Japanese. We should put them together. Hey, we got these two young black guys together. We should put them together. You know, it, it, oh, we got a, we got like yeah. Del Fantasma. We have all these Hispanic guys. Let's put them all together. You know, it's kind of like. No, I, I get what you're saying. It, it, it's it's yes and no because I also think those wrestlers want to be together, like Kashida and, and Jiro, like Trick and Carmelo. They just bounce yeah. off one another really, yeah. really well. Um, and then I think the other talent that has done a really good job, and he has a gimmick of just being a douchebag, is Grayson Waller, like. Those guys would have fit in the black and gold era of NXT. So me, Dr. Trey, longtime fans of the NXT brand, clearly for a good percentage of the time it was uh, on the WWE Network, it was pro- it was my favorite wrestling show. I watched each week, whether it was an hour or less than an hour on the network or the two hours it was airing on the USA Network. I was always very fearful of when it was going on the USA Network because it was going to end up like this. Um, take over on its own organically. They sold out Brooklyn. Like that was a huge deal. They were doing a lot of cool stuff. Shinsuke Nakamura's performing on there. Finn Balor's performing on there. Jushin Thunder Liger's performing on there. Uh, the women's division blew up on there. Like it was fine. It was great. You wanted to make changes. You lost a lot of stars. I get it. I get it. But to do the extremes that they've done. And then the firings that they've done, like getting rid of Regal, getting rid of Joe, basically taking everything Triple H did and flushing it down the toilet, to me, is absolute bullshit. It it is. It's just absolute bullshit. I loved what Triple H was doing. I loved what Team Triple H was doing. It was different. It was hip. And it it was in line with today's way of thinking. And if that type of booking and presentation 
was to carry itself over to Raw and SmackDown, those shows would be instrumentally better. I watch NXT UK, and and I was thinking this today as I was watching today's episode, actually, Thursday's episode, and I'm one of the few that actually still watches it. And I was like, this is the last remnants of Team Triple H because they haven't tweaked it like they've done with NXT here in America. And they do promos and they do vignettes that are so far ahead of their time and the stuff that WWE should be doing. And they're not. It's because nobody in the higher-ups is paying attention to it. This makes me bang my head up against the wall. The extreme stuff with NXT and the change didn't need to happen. It shouldn't have happened. NXT 2.0 is watchable. It reminds me a lot of 2014 NXT when I first started watching it. But it still has some of the corny stuff that's going on. It's a complete reboot, complete refresh. And they're never going to gain regain those fans that they lost over time. Because they're just going to be pissed off and they've moved on. Because... The NXT that we knew and loved, the attitude of NXT that we knew and loved, that crowd reaction of NXT that we knew and loved, it's an AEW now. NXT's spirit was sucked away by AEW, and that spirit is now with AEW. Like, WWE cannot recreate that right now with the current format of NXT 2.0. And I think that, to me, is how I look at it conclusion-wise, is that that NXT black and gold spirit is with AEW now. And there's the financial backing of it. There's the addition of bigger stars on it, like a Jericho, Bryan, and CM Punk. Like if WWE planned on doing that and trying to expand NXT the way it was, you would have AEW now, and it would be a really good show. But um, they botched it, I, I, I feel like. I, I'm not I'm not bored each week I, wa- uh, each week I watch it, Dr. Trey, but I miss it. So I, I'm not surprised that they're disappointed with the lack of popularity with NXT 2.0 because it's a corny name too, NXT 2.0. Like, why the fuck are we doing this? <laughs> because they couldn't say version two, so it was already taken. Um, yeah, but like, I, I, like I watched this past episode because I'm a big fan. I can't even say his last name, but uh, Jimmy and Jay's brother Solo. Like, I, I Solo Sokola, Sokola. I can't remember his name. I can't pronounce his name anyway. Like, I think he's going to be a, a pretty big star at some point too. Like, there's certain guys out there. I'm like, all right, I like this kid. And, you know, I, I can tolerate most of the show. But, you know, your analogy of NXT was always it was Metallica before they got big. It was Metallica when they were still underground. And I just kind of feel like they took that underground Metallica and turned it into Smash Mouth or something. So it's it's the color. I mean, the color scheme is too bright, too. It's, it's too bright. It's, it's reminiscent of like glow or wow, women are wrestling type just cheesiness with the color schemes that's it i think it's cheesy i think it doesn't hit with today's standards with today's wrestling fan it's cheesy it's it's, it's very 1993 yeah it is so we need duke the dumpster drossy back and the goon uh i actually have connections to both those guys so do you really they want yeah duke drossy is still doing stuff yeah mike drossy is still wrestling in tennessee he actually wrestled a friend of mine about a year ago in a hardcore match wow well, I didn't know you were still doing that. All right, props hey, to we, Duke the Dumpster Drosy. And Wild Bill Irwin lives here in Alabama, so and he was actually at Wrestling Con three. Hmm. Interesting. So we have I know some people. Interesting. <laughs> All right, uh, and then the last story here before we preview and predict the Royal Rumble pay per view. Ronda Rousey is reportedly returning to WWE soon. 
Uh, according to reports, Ronda Rousey is scheduled to be at WrestleMania 38, according to Dave Meltzer on the latest edition of Wrestling Observer Radio. Meltzer noted that he presumes Ronda Rousey will be at this Saturday's Royal Rumble pay-per-view. The impression is that Rousey could end up facing Becky Lynch at WrestleMania 38. It has been revealed that the ex-UFC fighter has been training hard ahead of an in-ring return. PW Insider reports that at least one WWE official flew to California after last week's TV tapings to meet with Rousey, and that Rousey's makeup artist and stylist that she used when working for WWE is scheduled to be at the Rumble on Saturday and at Monday's Raw. Multiple sources who are aware of Rumble plans say it's all on Rousey, quote, at this point and whether or not she wants to pull the trigger on the return. Dr. Trey, the former Raw Women's Champion, due back in WWE, you have been very critical of Ronda Rousey. Where do you stand on this, my friend? <laughs> I was critical of Ronda early on. Towards the end, her wrestling got much better. So, um, Listen, we, we need all eyes on the product. It's WrestleMania season, baby. Like, we got, if Ronda comes back, people are going to watch. Um, you know, like you said, I'm not the biggest Ronda Rousey wrestling fan because I kind of thought it was too much, too soon, too fast. But, you know, if it breaks up a little bit of the monotony going on in the women's division on Raw, like, I'm fine with it. Uh, Becky needs a credible threat that we can all kind of buy into. Um, as long as she doesn't come out post-Rumble, look at the girl, and just point at the sign, I'll be fine with it. I actually want to see her get in the Rumble. Um, but, uh, listen, she, she was, she's entertaining, and her and Becky have great chemistry, and we never had that one-on-one match, so if we can pull it off, Hey, right now I'm all for it. I, I just I want to because Becky doesn't have anybody on Raw that's either ready or storyline built up to take her on. Uh, because hell, I mean they're having Bianca lose the Dewdrop for crying out loud. So I mean I don't know really know where their bookings at. Yeah, I, I don't know where their bookings at either. Uh, I think Lynch Rousey is the WrestleMania match that we've wanted for a really long time, and I think that this could be the perfect way to bring Ronda Rousey back. The long-term plans for Ronda Rousey will be interesting. Um, I feel like over the last, less than the last 24 hours, we've been hearing all these rumored names for the Rumble. And it is start like this Rousey sort of we didn't know about the last week. Uh, Rousey's name hasn't even really been brought up in the last couple of months. And now you could tell, Dr. Trey, that we're really hitting WrestleMania season. And the last two WrestleMania seasons... One, due to the pandemic. Two, being still in the midst of the pandemic and first time welcoming back fans. Didn't feel like that normal WrestleMania season rumor and innuendo, if I, if you will. Uh, this is starting to have that vibe. Rousey's rumors coming back. I, I read tonight that Kurt Angle may be coming back to a, uh, a run with WWE in some sort of uh, role. It seems like the company is starting to gear up again, similar to how they were over last summer when they were bringing the fans back. They were ramping up towards SummerSlam. Cena was back. It's it's getting those WrestleMania feels. And, and I'll be honest, I'm excited to see Ronda Rousey back in the ring because I think it's a long time coming to get that one-on-one match with Ronda versus Becky. We didn't get it at Survivor Series several years ago because Becky got hurt. Uh, we didn't get it at WrestleMania because they interjected Charlotte into that match and made it a triple threat match. We may be getting that one-on-one, ma- one-on-one match finally now, three years removed from when Rousey was last pinned. I'm pretty excited about it. How's that WrestleMania feel? I'm I'm pumped. Yeah, and, and we still never got the four horsewomen against the four horsewomen because two of them have been released. So that one goes out the window. But, I mean, if, if we could ever get 
here's my one my dream match. I want to see Ronda and Shayna against Becky and Charlotte. Like I'd love to see that match because that's kind of like the, the 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 top four in their respective groups. But you know, Ronda and and Becky at WrestleMania. You go back to Becky's broken nose that night. Like all that. There's history there, and they still jab each other on social media. You know, three years later. So. Yeah, I, I'm all for it because uh, you know they can suspend my disbelief on whether or not they actually like each other. Those are always those are always great moments as well. So, um, and like I said, Becky needs a credible threat. We haven't built anybody up to be the credible threat. Ronda has built in credibility, um, but if she comes back, I expect her to be on a Brock Lesnar type schedule. We'll, we'll, you know, we'll see her for a couple months, then she'll go home and be with her daughter for a couple months, then come back for a couple months and just cycle in and out like that. Which I'm fine with, which I'm fine with. Yeah. So Rousey reportedly coming back soon. Dr. Trey obviously has been very critical in the past. And who knows, maybe by the next three or four months, if Rousey's back, uh, Dr. Trey buys a Hot Rod t-shirt in honor of Ronda Rousey. I mean, I've been nicer to Sasha lately, too. She deserves it, Dr. Trey. I, she does, because she hasn't been on TV in a few months. Oh, come on, man. I think Sasha's like on her A game right now. No, the last year has been the best run of Sasha Banks. The last I, I mean, year. she's the incredible. From, Bailey, from the summer of her and Bailey all the way up, she's stepped her game up. So yeah, I, I'm way less critical of Sasha. It, listen, Sasha's so good now that I actually don't think I'll mind Flair Banks at WrestleMania. Interesting. Interesting. All right, Dr. Trey, let's preview and predict this Saturday's Royal Rumble. It comes to us uh, from St. Louis, Missouri, Saturday night on Peacock. Great that it's on a Saturday. Thank you again, WWE. It's the only thing that I uh, so far agree with when it comes to Nick Khan. This is a tough pay-per-view to call. The world title matches are hard to call. The Rumble matches are hard to call. I'm loving this, Dr. Trey, because most pay-per-views you went to, you're like, okay, I think I know who's going to win. This one is a freaking crapshoot for the most part. Yeah, because I'm so I don't even know what the main event's going to be. Yeah, like, that I don't know. It's it, like, and it, I think that factors into my picks. Oh, totally, totally. Because if the show opens with Reigns and Rollins, I think Reigns is dropping the title, and then he'll be in the men's Rumble match later that night. See, I'm the opposite. To me, like if Reigns Rollins opens the show, Reigns is winning because Lashley Lesnar's closing the show and somebody's costing Lesnar the title. See, I think the Rumble is closing the show. I don't think there's a way that you don't have the one of the Rumble matches close the show. Yeah, but then it's like... Uh, and if they're pulling a big trigger from what we're just saying coming off the last story with Rousey, I think it's the Women's Rumble that closes the show. That's interesting because because I don't think you do that in the middle. I don't think you bring back Ronda. Yeah, if Ronda's coming back. You don't put her on early. You put her on at the end. So yeah, you're right there. So I would, I would probably go Reigns Rollins opening the show, Lashley Lesnar right before the women's Rumble to close out the show. That's a good point. That is a good point. Uh, let's get into it. First match: the Grit Couple, Edge and Beth Phoenix taking on the Miz and Maurice. Uh, I have Edge and Beth Phoenix winning this one, Doctor Trey. What say you? Well, yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I, I, so, well, you're really struggling with that one. Yeah, because Miz lost to Edge. And to me, like, I don't like somebody winning 2-0. Uh, and I kind of feel like that's where they're going with this. Um, I, I do have to kind of pick Edge and Beth because uh, Sammy has a Viking haircut. And actually, Megan just braided it like the Viking haircut, kind of similar to what Beth's got going on. So I'll take Beth and Edge as well. He has it presently? 
Yes. Wow. Well, is that yeah. is it is that for his preview video? He's going to do the rumble. I if it's still in, <laughs> then yes. We're, okay. I'll have that in there in the, in the video, but. We, we were big fans of that Vikings show that Edge was on. We actually just finished it up a few months ago. And so that was one of our ideas was, listen, I went bald at 18. So I'm like, Sammy can have long hair as long as he wants. Let's just grow it out. We'll braid it. So he's got like, you know, at, at three years old, he has a full-blown ponytail that you can braid up like the Viking braid. Nice. Uh, for the Raw Women's Championship, Becky Lynch defends against Dewdrop. I'm happy for Dewdrop to be in this spot. But, Dr. Trey, what say you? Uh, you know, Ronda Rousey's coming back. She's a fan of Hot Rod, Roddy Piper. Dewdrop was Piper Niven. I'm taking Becky Lynch. There you go. I like the uh, the background leading into that. I'm taking Becky Lynch as well. I do think Dewdrop puts on a really solid performance that uh, opens up some eyes, though. I'm happy for her to be in this spot, Dr. Trey. She deserves it. Yeah, she and it's uh, like she's it's weird for WWE female wrestling standards. She's an odd person that they're pushing because she doesn't really fit the mold of what everybody else looks like. So I'm really happy that her her ability can kind of overcome what some fans call a weight issue. Uh, and now these next four matches, they are going to be a doozy to pick because it's a tough one. So let's get into it. Uh, Brock Lesnar defending the WWE Championship against Bobby Lashley. I went back and forth on this one, Dr. Trey. For the longest time, I was going to pick Bobby Lashley to win this match. Um, and for him to to headline WrestleMania as a WWE champion, I I would love to see uh, Lashley versus Big E in that WrestleMania 38 spot. I think it'd be really cool to see two African Americans headlining and main eventing in a WWE Championship match at WrestleMania. It would be historic and it would be awesome to see. Um, but I think they're going to go with Brock Lesnar in this one. I, I I'm going to take Lesnar to retain, but I think this match. I think this match is going to bang, man. I think this is going to be a good one. I, I'm going to dig it, so I'm pumped up for this one. You know, usually who I pick in these wrestling in these title matches affects my my Rumble pick, and as I'm sitting here thinking about it, either way these matches go, my Rumble pick doesn't change. So I am going to go with Bobby Lashley uh, due to interference by either Roman Reigns or the Bloodline costing Lesnar the match. Uh, Lashley wins. Uh, plus, Bobby's getting that point in his career where he may end up having to go part-time at some point. If you want an attraction, Bobby Lashley with a win over Brock Lesnar gives him added credibility because like we talked about a couple weeks ago, there's only a handful of guys on this roster that have victories, like pinfall victories over Brock Lesnar. Uh, adding one more to the list does give him a little bit more credibility and you can you know push that going down or going further down the road. Oh, so you're going to take Bobby Lashley? I'm going to go Brock Lesnar? I'm taking Lashley. I, I'm not mad at it. I'm a, I'm a Lashley fan, so I, I'm down with that. So there you go. Split on that one. And, and we may be split on this one as well. Uh, because Roman, it, it, both of them can't lose. Reigns and Lesnar cannot lose in this one. So uh, that, would be, that would be historic if, if they were. And I'd be fine with them both not having a championship at WrestleMania either. But let's get it. That's not what WWE does. Roman Reigns defending the Universal Championship against Seth freaking Rollins. Dr. Trey, who do you like in this one? I am taking Roman because I think this match will go on early. Uh, and then that way Roman can cost Lesnar the match later on. And then we get Roman Lesnar for the WWE Universal Championship at WrestleMania. Uh, so that's where I'm headed. I, I'm going Reigns on this one. I don't think, I don't think his title reigns going to end until we get to WrestleMania. 
I'm going to take Seth freaking Rollins. And the reason why, obviously, I pick Lesnar to win the match against Lashley, one. And two, I think all this hype about Reigns breaking the record in these video packages of how many days he's been champion is all just to reach the point that it's coming to an end soon. His days of being champion, universal champion, is coming to an end soon. I, I don't think that you run these packages of him breaking the record and how many days this and how many days that um, is is so much prominent on television if you didn't want it to end soon and have some substance and meaning behind how many days Reigns held that universal championship. So I'm going to say Seth freaking Rollins wins the WWE Universal Championship. I think the Usos being banned from ringside plays a big role in this as well. I think Lesnar and or Heyman get involved. Uh, Kevin Owens gets involved as well. So I'm taking Seth freaking Rollins, Dr. Trichick, and Roman Reigns. And we're split on the championship matches, which makes the Rumble already interesting. And that takes us to the Rumble matches themselves, Dr. Trey. The Women's Royal Rumble match. Uh, I will go first here since you went first the last time. Based off of the report that we just covered, I'm going to take Ronda Rousey to win the Women's Royal Rumble match. Originally, I was thinking Rhea Ripley, Sasha Banks, but you don't bring Rousey back to not win the Rumble. So I'm taking Ronda to win the Women's Royal Rumble match. Oh, see, I have two options here because one, I take Ronda and Ronda challenges Becky. Two, Becky comes out costs Ronda the Rumble and Sasha wins so I'm kind of split but I'll I'll lean towards Ronda Rousey just based on you know what you were saying before as well like you don't bring her back in this capacity to have her lose in the Rumble you have her come out get her a moment just go to Wrestlemania we get three months of build up to get to that match that would be pretty awesome so uh, I'll go with Ronda as well so there you go and that takes us to the men's Royal Rumble match Dr. Trey, kick it off here. Who do you like winning this match and uh, and why? So storyline-wise, like I was saying, both title matches actually, for me, don't affect the outcome of this match because however it goes, I can fit this guy into the storyline. And based off my predictions from early in the year for WrestleMania matches, I want to see Seth and Kevin Owens against RK-Bro. So if Roman wins, then... I think Brock has to lose, which means big, which means Lashley wins. So my Rumble winner is Big E. So we get Big E versus Lashley, Brock against Roman. If your prediction comes true and Seth wins, we get Big E versus Seth, and we still get Roman versus Brock, but just on the Raw brand. So either way, I still think Big E comes out on top. So I'm taking the former Big E Langston, the now Big E, uh, to win the Rumble. Yeah, the, I have Big E as well. Um, I, even when you look at the graphic right now, it, it's hard not to choose Big E. There's been rumors that it was going to be Big E versus Seth Rollins for a championship on the line, the WWE Championship at WrestleMania. Uh, I think it stays that way. I don't think their plans are changing. I think you're getting Reigns versus Lesnar for the WWE Championship, uh, Big E versus Seth for the Universal Championship. I think Lesnar is going to be coming back to SmackDown soon. He is a free agent, uh, hence why he could defend the WWE Championship against Reigns on the SmackDown side. The blue title goes back to red, which everybody's favorite. And uh, all that uh, puffing around that it was going to be a hard four matches to pick, the two championship matches were different 
for both of us, but then we picked the same exact winners for the Rumble matches themselves. And uh, I think it's a good thing that this pay-per-view is very hard to call right now because it's rare that we see that nowadays. So the Royal Rumble this Saturday, we will recap and review it on next week's edition of the show, which will be February the 3rd, first show for the month of February. Uh, With that said, let's get a couple plugs and sponsors out of the way. You can download the show every Thursday uh, at Spreaker.com right now, and hopefully we'll be back up on iTunes soon. We are still working on that. Uh, You can follow us individually on Twitter for myself at SRTU Jeff and for Dr. Trey Franklin at the Dr. Trey. And of course, don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at SRTU Podcast. With that being said, what is going on in the wonderful world of Dr. Trey Franklin this week? Well, like Jeff said, you can follow me on Twitter at the Dr. Trey. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram, Dr. Trey Franklin. Uh, When you're on Facebook, check out Rocket City Championship Wrestling as our next show is coming up. Uh, February 5th uh, and then coming in May will be Wrestling Con 5 which I'm really excited about uh, also I applied for a job with WWE today as a creative writer because I saw it on their website that they were hiring for that so I applied for that so give me give me all your thoughts and prayers and well wishes uh, that they, uh, they actually uh, take the time to actually call me and, and hire me also be sure to check out our Facebook page as our celebrity guest picker We'll be picking out his Royal Rumble winners uh, coming up soon. So keep an eye out on our Facebook page for that as well. Oh, I cannot wait to see that. Our annual uh, celebrity cel- picker, picker for the Royal it's a, Rumble. It's an SRTU celebrity. How's that? It, it is a very big, very big SRTU celebrity uh, who will be making their choices for the Royal Rumble this Saturday. Uh, it's one of my favorite pay-per-views to watch, probably the pay-per-view that I love to watch the mo- most, especially the match. Counting down, seems to come out. It's a lot of fun. Enjoy this Saturday. The road to WrestleMania 38 begins this weekend. We recap and review it all on next week's edition of the show. So until next week, for Dr. Trey Franklin, I'm Jeff Peck. This is The Still Show. Go places they never Marry Me. Jennifer Lopez, Owen Wilson, Maluma, Marry Me. Directed by Kat Koiro. Rated PG-13. Streaming now only on Peacock. Sign up now. Visit PeacockTV.com. Whatever you're funny, Peacock's got it exclusively. Stream classic sitcoms like The Office, Parks and Recreation, and Two and a Half Men. Plus, catch Peacock original comedies like AP Bio and Stay by the Bell. For all your exclusive comedy faves, go to PeacockTV.com and get started.